Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, welcome back into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I am your host, Dr. Darren Peppard. And this week, I have one of the most giving and generous, kind-hearted guests that we could possibly have on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Dr. Jeff Springer is a former high school principal at Magnolia High School in Texas. At a point in time, Jeff played college football Jeff was a member of the 1977 National Championship football team at Abilene Christian University. Jeff was a classroom teacher. Jeff was a head football coach and, of course, went on to be an incredibly successful high school principal, being named the State of Texas High School Principal of the Year in 2013. And all of those incredible things about Jeff are not what land Jeff here on our show today. Jeff is doing incredible work with his faith and his devotion to a ministry of men referred to as Suit Up Ministries and the work they do overseas virtually to really, truly help every young individual, especially young boys, have a dad in their life, even if they're not their actual dad. I cannot wait for you to hear Jeff's story today. It was an incredible conversation, one I truly enjoyed having. Before we get to Jeff, I do want to remind you and point out that at this point in the year, folks, we're starting to think about professional development for next school year, but we're also thinking about how do we wrap up this school year. If you're sitting and thinking, There's one thing I'd love to do for my staff. I'd love to bring a positive message to them, something to lift them up. You know, they've been beaten down. They've been downtrodden, honestly, a little bit demoralized this year, and they need to hear a positive message. Folks, let's have a conversation. I would love to bring the Road to Awesome to your school as you're wrapping up your school year. I'd love to spend some time with professional development with all of your educators talking about the work they do and how much it really matters. It's hard right now to see the impact that you're having, but when we take a step back, when we think about those moments, those bamboo tree moments that take forever for us to see the outcomes, but we know that it's there. That's a message I'd love to bring to your staff. If you're interested in professional development from Road to Awesome, whether that's professional development for the spring or as we go into the summer or even to kick off your school year for next year, let's have a conversation. Email me at darrenmpeppard at roadtoawesome.net. Give us a call. Hit us on the website, roadtoawesome.net. All of that information is the show notes. Let's have a conversation about what we can do to help you lift up your staff help them be the best they can be, and to help you lean into leadership. Jeff Springer, folks, an incredible individual. He is all about play. I can't wait to have him tell you all about the concept of play and about all the incredible things that Jeff has done, both as a principal and in his post-principal life. Enjoy this episode. 
All right, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Man, I, I've been looking forward to this and I'm fired up to, to have you join me. Well, Darren, I'm excited too. I feel like I've been in the locker room and now I'm in the tunnel and I'm ready to get on the field and play. There we go. And it's, it, let's do this, man. It's, it's time to do a little bit of play and have a little bit of fun and, yeah. and, uh, just kick it around, you know, a couple of, couple former high school principals, a couple of guys who were principals of the year. I mean, let's just, let's cut it up a little bit. So before, before we do all of that, Jeff, just for, for my listeners who have not yet been blessed with the connection of Dr. Jeff Springer, tell them a little bit about who you are, what, uh, what you're up to these days, where you're at, you know, some of those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, I know that you use the term, um, recovering principal, you know, and I love that because I've I've stolen that. But I've, I'm I use the word repurpose, and I know that I know you do that as well. So um, in 2016, I don't like that other R word. You know that re, you know retirement. You know it just sounds Absolutely. too it sounds too final. I mean, we're not we got we have a lot to give, and so uh, we recover, we repurpose. You know, it's kind of like in athletics, we might get knocked down, but we get back up. You know, and and how quickly we get up is important, but yeah, I I spent 34 years in uh, education, and as a as a teacher and a coach and assistant principal and an associate principal and then a high school principal uh, the last 14 years uh, at one high school, and you know I never had aspirations to do what you did I, to go to central office. I always I just wanted to be a high school principal at a at a large high school in Texas. And we, it, I, I was able to accomplish both that we had, I think we had 2,800 students and, you know, 250 employees. And as you know, uh, being a principal of a campus is almost like being a mayor of the city under one roof, you know? And so, um, so it was fun. I loved it. And um, I miss it. You know, people ask me, you know, Jeff, do you miss, you know, being the principal? And I do miss, I don't miss the responsibilities, but I miss yeah. being, I miss being the principal. I miss the relationships, you know, uh, but not respond, yeah. not necessarily. So sometimes I'll drive. I, I, I don't have reason to drive by the school because it's an opposite direction where I live. But when I do every once in a while, I'll look over and I go, Oh my gosh, I spent 14 years inside that building. Where, where, where did that go? It's almost a teenager. And, you know, you can grow a teenager yeah. in a period of time. And um, how did I do that that long? And because you know how much energy it takes to do it right, do it the right way. And um, so now in, the, in my repurposing, um, I've always, you know, some people are bivocational. I think uh, if there is such a word, uh, trivocational, um, even when I was a high school principal, I was on staff at a church and had a nonprofit. Well, now in my repurposing, really the only thing I've dropped is the my daily role of going to a physical building. I'm still in education. I have an LLC uh, called Spring Strategies, which I do some executive coaching and some professional development with school. So I'm still dabbling in education. I still I can't I close the door. I mean, here we are. You know, again, I, I just cannot shut the door completely because I, I love everything about leadership, which is what I love about your this podcast, talking about leadership and leaning into leadership. Um, I'm a founder of a nonprofit 
called Suit Up Ministries, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, and that keeps me busy. And and then I, on top of that, I, I ha, I'm blessed to work for my alma mater, Sam Houston State University, which is in Huntsville, Texas, uh, as a university site coordinator uh, in a year-long residency program where I supervise teacher candidates in a, in a school district in the Northwest Houston area. So, um, so I actually, I'm still on, on, it keeps me on campuses. I'm in five different campuses, uh, all elementary, which is a different world for me because I'm a secondary guy. So it's been a, this 2021, 22 slash has been a really an eye opener for me in education for me. Um, because I've, I'm learning the, the elementary world. And, um, so, and so it's that's, a whole different world, a it, whole different world. It is, it is. And, and I have always had a great appreciation for my colleagues in elementary land, but, um, I have an even greater one now, especially through coming out of this pandemic, you know, or still in the pandemic, but, but transitioning protocols and, and all the things that we've experienced this, you know, these last two years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was honestly, Jeff, that was one of my biggest eye openers. Um, you know, I've been a secondary guy my my whole career, you know, uh, first teaching at the middle school level and then teaching at the high school level, then going on to be assistant associate principal, high school level, principal high school level. So um, that first couple of weeks being a district level yeah. superintendent and spending time in the elementary school, and especially in the land of the littles, man, you get down, you know, pre-K and K and one and you know, kids are sitting on the mat, you crisscross applesauce. And if you go and, and sit on the mat with them, they expect you to do the same thing. And um, it's what, what our elementary colleagues do is nothing short of miraculous. And um, just big shout out to, to all of them, not, not just the elementary principals. I mean, what they're doing is incredible, mm-hmm. but our elementary teachers, man, the, the foundation yeah. they build, you know, wow, it's, it's, yeah. it's truly amazing. You know, yeah, I'm, um, I'm ex- I'm especially appreciative of the mentor teachers that not that have not only you know have the responsibility of their daily job, but then they've taken on these um, these teacher candidates, you know, and to see you know, and it's it's been really interesting when you think about you mentioned the little the little ones, the lower grades, you know, these kids and uh, have know nothing. Um, uh, other than being in school during a pandemic and they don't, they don't, they don't understand, they don't understand school without a mask. They don't, they don't right. know anything different. And um, so a lot of these first graders are almost like uh, second year kindergartners or mm-hmm. the second graders are, you know, haven't been in school since their second semester of their kindergarten year, you know, so it's, it's interesting. Right. It, and so the, so what what these teachers have navigated on top of an already, um, you know, challenging uh, but rewarding job, you know, is incredible. Yeah, without without question. Um, and we I can, honestly I could chase that topic for forever. I yeah. got, got some thoughts on that, but I'm going to I'm going to redirect a little bit just just yes. simply uh, because I know there's some things we definitely want to get into and. You know, I loved how, you know, you talked about, yeah, I refer to myself as a recovering high school principal. I mean, you're, yeah, you're a repurposed high school principal. Um, 
you said, you know, and, and talked about how being the high school principal, I mean, just what an incredible job it is. And I've said it, I've said it many, many, many times. I, you know, as a superintendent, I told, I told my high school principal repeatedly, um, and I, I know you and I've even had this conversation somewhere in the past that there's probably no more difficult job in the district. And at the same time, no more rewarding job in the district than being the high school principal. Um, and, and like you, I mean, there, there are things that I miss and things I don't miss. Um, I don't miss having to be at every single event and, and, you know, just on Sunday being the only time I had, you know, to myself and, you know, getting home at 11 o'clock at night. I mean, I, I don't miss high school dances. I mean, in any way, shape or form. I mean, those are just, you know, I, I, I guess I did enjoy prom, you know, everybody dressed up and that kind of stuff. But in general, high school dances is something that's at the top of my, I don't miss that list. Um, but, but like you, the relationship piece, I think, um, just being in the hallways with kids and, you know, being in classrooms and in hallways with, with the adults and just building those relationships. And, and that's what I kind of want to, want to go into now is thinking about your time as, as a high school principal and, you know, really, I'm, I'm sure you like me had, had, you know, those early struggles, but then when you really hit your stride, you really learned and understood that that ability you had as a leader to impact so many others and to and to draw leadership out of them. So I guess what I want to ask you here and where I'm going with this is, you know, how did you lean into your leadership to draw out specifically with the other adults in your building, your teachers, your, um, you know, all of the staffily, as I as I call them? Um, what, what were some, some things that you did to, to get that leadership out of others? Well, you know, you cannot, I don't think there's anything you can do to replace just, you know, time, putting in the time. Um, you know, I wanted, when I first got to Magnolia High School, I wanted to be old fast in, in the quickest way to do that. Yeah. I, the, the quickest way to, I didn't want it to be the new guy. I wanted to be the guy who, you know, immediately I wanted to be, you know, I mean, he's been, you know, he's, create that, that effect of longevity. Like I, you know, like I was going to be around for a long time. So, so I spent a lot of time every time I got in front of people talking about the three-year goals, the five-year goals, the 10-year goals. And some of these staff members would say, okay, well, he's going to be, he's really going to be, you know, around for a while because, you know, one of the things we lack sometimes in, in education is consistency, you know, turnover, you know, especially at the top, you know, at the leadership at principalship. And so, uh, I wanted them to know that I was going to be around for a while, that I was all in. And so I, I spent a lot of time with large student organization groups, meeting with them, large, all teacher groups, you know, different, all the departments, you know, uh, both one-on-one -on -one and group settings and so forth. But I think it's the key is just, um, Darren, is knowing your people, just taking the time to know who your people are and, we, you know, I talk about play, you know, you know I, 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 people that know me do know that I love two things, hashtags and acronyms. And so hashtag play. And so I, you know, um, you know, so the first part of play, the first letter of play is people. And so who are your people is the first question I ask. And so not only who are your people, but do you know your people, you know? And so knowing your people and knowing what makes them tick, knowing what's important to them. And, and, and listening to them are, are so important. And, uh, you know, the goal in, you know, this in any building is engagement. I mean, you cannot be successful 
with anything you do, but it's especially when you hand over 150 kids to a teacher, if the teacher's not engaged in what's happening. And so the goal is engagement, we say, and I say the, the vehicle is play, you know, it stands for people, love, acknowledge, and yearn. And we can get into each one of those through our conversation. But you ask me, what is, what did I, in particular with adults in the building, the key is, you know, who are your people and knowing your people? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's, um, I say it often, we're, we're in the people business and we can't forget that. Um, it's, it is all about, about those people. And I know it was one of the things that, that I think drew the two of us together. Um, so, you know, full disclosure for, for the listeners, um, there was no like way back in the past connection with, with Jeff. It was, um, one of those fantastic pandemic kind of, you know, organic relationship, uh, connections that happened. And I think the thing with, with you that has drawn me so much to you and, and wanting to co- just continue to stay connected with you is that value you place just, just like, just like I do on relationships. I mean, that's, it's critical, whether we're talking about the adults or we're talking about the kids, man. I mean, if, if we're not building relationships with people, you're not going to get the engagement that you're talking about. I mean, it's just not possible. That's right. And, and I love that you said value. What, what is it as a leader, whether we're in a building or whether we're running a store, whatever our, our, our role is, are we adding value to the people that we lead or that we influence? And also, I think, you know, I think it's really important that we remind people in education, in our building, that no matter what your position is, you're a leader. Um, I mean, teach, you're, if you influence, you lead. Students are leaders. We're, we're, there's leaders at every level. And um, you can either be a good one or a bad one. You, because, but, you, but all of us are leaders. And I know sometimes teachers really want to shy away from that role or that title, even though they do it every day. They lead their, what they're doing is leading their classrooms. And so I'm very careful when I've ever, I've, when I've described my, uh, my journey, I've never said that I moved up. I just moved to a different uh, spot, a different area of responsibility, you, you know, uh, because the most important position in the building are the, are the teachers, are the classroom teachers, you know, uh, and they're, they're what makes the world go. You know, and um, absolutely boots on the ground. Yeah. So so adding value at every level and encouraging, you know, those that you that cross your path, reminding them of the influence, the positive influence that they can make and the power that they have and encouraging them and then empowering them and get and then, you know, hiring good people and and providing a sense of autonomy. To, you know, for their own responsibility, for their, their own leadership and growth. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about trust, you know, you, you hire people, you know, because they're capable of doing the job and you trust them to go and do the job and to do the job at the very highest level that they're capable of. And then of course, as the leader, it's, it's our job to kick barricades out of their way, lift them up, dust them off and keep them moving forward uh, and, and allow them to be successful. Um, 
I'm going to chase that for just a second. Um, it's just simply because here we are, um, we're recording this in mid-March. It probably will drop in late March. We're, we're in hiring season. And, and I know for both of us, that was always one of the most critical pieces. You know, with a high school of 2,800, I had a high school of 1,400. You're going to turn over 8, 10, 15 positions every year. It, it's just how it is. And what were some of the things that you focused on? Maybe just just one or two mm-hmm. nuggets for for our our leaders who are still you know currently in the middle of hiring season. What, what's one or two things that you were just like? These are my priorities when I am hiring for any position on my yeah. campus. Yeah. Well, especially if it was an academic position, obviously the non negotiable was um, their level of expertise, but. But really, but in a district like ours, if they had the willingness to learn and grow, they're going to be on. A, they're not going to fail because they're going to be in a team that's going to that can be learned. But what I want to hear them say is what they're going to contribute to the campus, not only to their classroom, but what are, are they a campus contributor? You know, to the bigger picture, because so many times we get locked in tunnel vision. You know, we are our uh, discipline, whatever, you know, we are our subject matter. And, and I'm so right. glad, especially at the secondary level, I'm so glad that we have teachers that love their their subject because that's the only way kids are going to love their subject is if their teacher loves mm-hmm. their subject. You have to be a contagious leader, you know, teacher, you know. So um, if you're not excited, they're not going to be excited. But I also want to hear what they what they've done or what they want to do beyond their classroom, you know, to be a campus contributor. And uh, and I love that when that that's that is gold to me, um, because uh, it, the culture is not going to move. You know, obviously, the principal and, the, you know, sets a tone or, or directs the vision you know, but it's only going to happen if you got people following you, you know, or 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 are uh, uh, leaning into leadership in the same direction. So. Um, yeah. So anyway, so, yeah, those would be two. you know, obviously the level, a certain level of expertise, uh, but uh, understanding that they're coming to an environment where that's going to happen if they're willing learners. We're all learning. We're all growing. But what what are you going to contribute beyond the classroom? Yeah, I love that. I, th- I think those two are both just really brilliant. I love. I loved how you said, you know, a contagious leader, a contagious teacher. Um, you're right. I mean, they they do need to love their subject matter. And honestly, at the secondary level, I think that's both a blessing and a curse um, yeah. because sometimes there's so much love for the subject matter that there's a forgetting that they're taking little human beings and making them a little bit better human beings through chemistry, through language arts, through physical education, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but I, I love that you said that. I, I think that's critical. And it, it made me think while you were talking about one time we interviewed what should have been the perfect candidate, um, you know, expertise in the subject level, you know, willingness to do, do a bunch of different things. We went through the entire interview process, had them teach a lesson in the classroom, so many different things. And when we were sitting down and going through, in my head, I thought, oh, this is the perfect candidate. It's somebody on our on our team. And so when your team is echoing what what you want, that's when you really know you've you've built the culture like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Somebody on the interview team said, you know, they never once 
mentioned kids or asked about our kids, not once. Mm. And we didn't hire that person. We ended up saying, you know what? We we have somebody else who talked a lot about our kids, also has similar expertise, blah, blah, blah. But there's there's a lot of different things. And and so spinning off of spinning off of the kid thing, I always felt as as a principal that we were only as good as our student leadership. And I don't mean specifically like our student council or, Mm -hmm. you know, our Renaissance kids. I mean, those kids were a big part of that. But I made it a point every year to sit down with my juniors and have a conversation about, hey, senior leadership to me is one of the most important things. And, you know, as we go into next year, you guys need to know I'm leaning on you to be the leaders of this campus and had some kids who did an amazing job of that. I had a couple of kids who fell short, but that's okay. It was a learning opportunity for them. I'm curious what, what you as a high school principal did in terms of growing and, and facilitating that student leadership. You, you alluded to it earlier, but I want, I want you to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, no matter what position I was in, whether I was a teacher, coach, uh, assistant principal, associate principal, principal, I uh, was always um, I was always a sponsor of some campus organization. Uh, always, we we created uh, two of my schools. We created uh, a program called the Goal Team, which stood for getting others to achieve higher levels. Where I took some of those upper level kids that you were talking about. You know, they already had the, they already had those goal setting gifts, and we refined them. We gave them tools to mentor goal set with other students that maybe didn't have, you know, because how many students walk through your door every day that are aimless because they don't, they don't have the tools. No one's ever taught them how to set goals. They don't even know that they, they, that they should have goals in their life or they don't even know where to start. And so, um, so the key, the key is that uh, we feel, or we felt like, Kind of like high, uh, Maslow's hierarchy. We had this. We had. We wanted to be not only excellent. We wanted to be eminent, and so we call it the hierarchy of eminence. So, if we're in order for us to get there, we felt like that every single kid in the building, every single kid, needed to hear every single day and believe every single day that they were valuable, complete, and loved. They heard those every single day on the announcements, every single day. And it became a hashtag, surprise, surprise, hashtag VCL. The kids would chant VCL at pep rallies, at football games. They would, it became, it was, it was on our swag. It was, it just became, if you follow me on Facebook and I have lots of former students have graduated, that's what the hashtag, you know, you'll see it's all, it's still alive. And I've been gone for six years. And so you know, VCL, VCL, VCL. And, and so that was the bottom line. If every, if you're not going to be eminent if your kids and your people in your building don't believe that they're valuable, complete love. So what does that mean? So we would spend time, you know, I met with a class every, we had a schedule. I'm talking about the whole class, a freshman class, sophomore class, junior class, senior class on a rotating basis. So at least once a month or every other month, I met with the whole class myself in the auditorium for 30 minutes. And we we would take topics like this. And um, and so uh, and we would, you know, just remind and just when you think kids aren't listening, kids will come up to you and say, you know, Mr. Springer. Um, I had this little girl came up to me once and she had tears in her eye and she says, I said, are you okay? This is in between class right after the announcements. 
And she said, Mr. Spring, you know, when you say every day, it's a great day to be alive and a great day to be a Magnolia Bulldog where every single student is valuable, complete and loved. I said, you don't know how much that means to me because we we take for granted sometimes as educators that that they're getting that somewhere else, that that's not our job, you know, that that's the parents or what. But in the day's world, we may be the only ones they hear that from. And so, um, you know, so you create this culture where kids not only have to come to school, they want to be at school. And uh, maybe it's the one place, the one safe haven, you know, that during those six to eight hours that we have them every day, uh, that they uh, feel like they're at home. And um, again, that we add value to them. And so uh, that was our foundation. And so that, that became uh, understood um, message, not just a slogan, not just a, a battle cry, you know, not just a chant. It was a belief that, you know, that, that, that I would say most students and teachers, um, you know, carried. I just love that. I, I think there's so much power to that. Um, you know, we, we have a tendency in education to, when, when we get, you know, deep into, into the weeds, it's, it's about test scores or it's about grad rates or, or whatever the case may be. But I mean, again, it's, it's about the individual yeah. human being, right? Yep. And right. as long as we're focused on them, I mean, I, I love how you guys phrased it with VCL. For us, it was seen, heard, loved, and feel like you're part of something special. Mm. And similar conversations with kids about that too. Um, you know, uh, one of my first acts as, as a principal was to bring back the Pledge of Allegiance every day during announcements. And we did the national anthem every Monday. And for whatever reason, my predecessor had done away with it. You know, oh, this is a waste mm. of time, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or teachers were saying, oh, I need the extra two minutes or whatever. <clears throat> but bringing that back, um, I had a student stop me in the hallway and he just said, you know, I, my, my teacher during third hour complains that we're doing this. And I just finally told her, look, here's why we do it. And then it's important. And to hear, you know, a student say that and share, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you know, this, I, I want to be part of something special and doing this makes me feel like I'm part of something special. And uh, I'll, I'll, I just always go back to that. That when I could walk you to the spot on, on the third floor at Rock Springs High, where I had that conversation with that mm -hmm. young man. And yeah. that was probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's those interactions with our kids when we're intentional about our culture. And that's really what you're talking about is being very mm -hmm. intentional that everybody is owning that. Um, it's just, it, it's just so powerful. And, and again, something I could, I could chase this for an hour or, or two as well. Um, but, but I want to get to a couple other things before, before we run short of our time, because now as a repurposed principal, some of the other things you're doing and you're, you're wearing the suit up ministry shirt. Um, we've got, um, we've got the, the dad university stuff that you're doing uh, overseas, which I think is just amazing. Um, talk a little bit more, um, and, and go in either direction with either of them. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. let you kind of run with yeah. this because both, yeah. both of the things you're doing, I think are just so, so powerful and so impactful, um, that our, our, our listeners need to hear about it. They just, well, we're, yeah, I, I get so excited, um, about all, all the things that we're talking about, you know, you and I could probably talk, 
do a series, but um, you know, Dad University, yeah, Dad University is an outcry. It's it's, it's a product of SUDUP. SUDUP is the nonprofit. SUDUP Ministries. We became a nonprofit in two thousand eight. But like I said before, I was on staff at church. Uh, I was a, a full time principal, so it kind of was on in the background. And then when I became repurposed in two thousand sixteen, it, it came more to the forefront. And um, and from that, we created what we call Dad University. And we be, pre COVID, we did in person half day, full day Dad Universities where they were men's conferences, and they were. Uh, we had speakers and keynotes and breakouts. And the goal was that every man that came to this half day, full day dad university in person would hear at least one message that resonated with whatever life stage they were in, whether they were a future dad, been there, done that dad, you know, a granddad, you know, blended family dad, raising daughters, raising boys, you name it. Re- dads that need reconciliation that they would le- at least leave there having heard at least one man talk about something that directly related to their circumstances. And we, in the background of that is, is that we feel like we're in a crisis. Our families are in a crisis and that men are not fulfilling their obligations. Thank God for women and aunties and grandmas and so forth. And I'm not saying all men, but there are men that, that all you have to do is look at the statistics. Um, and we know as educators, you know, how many times you had someone in your office and you peeled away, the, the, you know, all the, you know, the facades and you, you whittle it down. You find out there's really no presence of a man or a dad in their life. And that's why they're a discipline problem. That's why they're in your office and uh, not 100 percent, but a large percentage. And so I have such a heart uh, for kids that are fatherless that, that meant where men have walked. And so that's where dad university that we've got to, we got to raise dads. We got to raise up the next generation of men to be the dads that God has called them to be. So when the COVID came, we decided we've got to have this online presence. So we created this online presence uh, called the locker room and it's a online curriculum and we can go spend another 45 minutes talking about that. But um what happened was because I was posting on Facebook about Dad University, a, a contact that I had that we had hosted at our church from Uganda, um, I befriended him and he went back to Uganda. He was seeing all my posts like you alluded to. And he goes, Jeff, we want Dad University in Uganda. So we literally started in during the pandemic in August of 2020 with four men in his living room via Zoom at 4 a.m. in the morning. And uh, a month later, we had 50. Two months later, we had 150. Two years later, we have over this past Saturday, over 400 in two locations and now two countries because now we're in Kenya as well. And so uh, it's just incredible. And the men there are so hungry. And the idea, Darren, is these men are what we call champions. They are men that some of them travel six hours one way, motorbike, uh, bus, taxi, on foot, whatever, to get to a two-hour Zoom meeting. So that imagine a traveling, like in Texas, it's, that would be like traveling from Houston to Abilene, which is almost 400 miles for a two hour zoom and turning, getting your car and driving back all in the same day. And you know, what's frustrating sometimes in ministry is sometimes here in this country, I can't even get a man 
to take a time out to have a cup of coffee, you know, to walk across the street, you know, to get deep in their faith. And so uh, like the parable of the four soils, sometimes we want to throw, we need to throw seeds where it's fertile. And right now, my brother, it is fertile in Uganda in Kenya. And so I never believed in 2008 that God would raise up a ministry in the heart of an African nation. It was not on my radar, but like, like our relationship, like this connection that we have here, if it was not for a pandemic, I'm not sure we would be here. If it was not for a pandemic, I'm not sure that we would be in Uganda and Kenya right now. And so uh, it's exciting. Uh, we talk about Dad University being the only university that nobody ever graduates. Uh, you know, once a dad, always a dad. Um, you know, my dad was 80 years old before he passed away. He attended our first Dad University. And somebody would say, well, why in the world would a man that's 80 years old attend a Dad University? You know, and uh, because my dad never believe that he knew it all. And we don't know it all. Not, you, I, I don't know if they gave you an owner's manual, but they didn't give me an owner's manual when I had, when we had our first child, you know? So, yeah. um, so we, but, but we are here to encourage dads that are already doing it. Thank God for those dads and to encourage those that aren't to get in the game, to suit up. And so that in about a nutshell about, you know, you're going 90 miles an hour is just kind of an, a, a quick picture of what, what we do. I think it's fantastic, man. And, and kudos to you and, and everybody who is a part of suit up ministries. So, you know, what, what you guys are doing to impact, impact kids now all over the world is absolutely amazing. And it, it goes back to something that you were talking about a little bit earlier with leadership about how, in essence, and I don't think you used exactly the phrase, but in essence, you know, if you're impacting another person, you're a leader. Uh, you don't have to have a title. I mean, those things don't matter. Obviously, the title of dad is, you know, is, is a title. You're right. We, we never stop being a dad. But uh, what, what you guys are doing to impact kids around the world, I think, is just I mean, it's humbling. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you. And I want you mm -hmm. to know how much I appreciate mm -hmm. what you are doing and, and what your group your nonprofit is doing. That's, it's just super powerful because you're right. So many times in education, we see it where, you know, there is a lack of a male presence in a home and, and, and our kids are just crying out for that. They need that. And, you know, not, not to get into or point any fingers or anything at, at, at the, the not present dad for whatever reason, they're not there, but people need it. And I think it's amazing that, yeah. that you guys are working that hard to meet a need. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It, Man, it truly just, is. Real quick. You are so right. There are men out there that want to be a good dad so badly. And there's, and sometimes there's uh, obstacles beyond their control because of, you know, we know that divorce happens, but we say divorce, but devoted, you know, dads that, that aren't necessarily in the house 24 at seven, they can still be the dad. You know, uh, they can still, we say dad, here's another acronym for you, daily act of devotion. That's what dad stands for, daily act of devotion. So how can I be that when I don't live there every day? And we have dads that are in prison that want to reconnect and they haven't seen their kids for, how can I be that dad? You know, you start today, 
you can reconcile today and uh, you can take that first step. And so we just encourage dads. It's never too late. It is. It's never too late. And, um, you know, and but you can you just start now. Absolutely. Love it so much. All right. So final question, Jeff, um, ask it of every guest on leading into leadership. And you've hit it already so many different ways. But, you know, just just one more opportunity to share, you know, how are you leaning into leadership right now? Oh, yeah. again, if it was not for this global pandemic, I wouldn't be doing some of these things like masterminds. I did I didn't know what a mastermind was prior to pandemic. And so I've been, you know, I've I've done book studies, you know, with other other men and women across this nation that are leaders in their professions, primarily education. Um Will Parker, I don't know if you know Will Parker, who's, you know, Principal Matters, you know, his po- listening to podcasts. He and I reconnected after several years. Uh, you know, he being uh, involved in uh, their organization in Oklahoma at a high level, at, um, which is equivalent to our Texas Association of Secondary School Principals in Texas. Um, you know, I I have, um, I don't know if you, use, I think you do. I think you use Voxer. I have ongoing mm-hmm. conversations with two groups, one of one group of men that we call the button up boys and, and their principals and assistant principals and, uh, and teachers uh, in the classroom that we have this ongoing conversation, uh, you know, primarily it's about leadership and a podcast. I, you know, I listen to your podcast. We have our own podcast called the Texas Texan Connection, uh, the Principal Leadership Lab, you know, with Adam DeWitt and and uh, and Jeff Prickett. Again, all of these are pandemic. Yeah. Uh, you created during this this period of the pandemic, uh, but uh, audio books. I I I do read, but I also like to do uh, two birds and one stone. So I like to exercise and listen at the same time. And so you know, um, you know, so so leaning into audio books and and then weekly Zooms, like we're like you and I are doing right. I think I was on the podcast tour in 20, 2021 or 2020. I think I did 18 yeah. or 19. I haven't done one for a long time. I kind of took a break. So, but every one of these, I I think I learn more uh, than what, than what, you know, it's kind of like we learn when we listen and, and um, it's hard to learn when you're not listening and when you're doing all the talking. So I, I love to listen to podcasts and, but zooms, um, you know, with, with one-on-one, uh, I do some coaching one-on-one with a couple guys. Um, but I think I get more out of it than they do, honestly. So all of that to, um, you know, you, it feels like you're connected and you're still growing, you're still learning. And, and, and as you say, leaning, into uh, leadership. Yeah, that's awesome stuff, man. And I know I told you that was the last question, but I, I'm going to ask one more. I'm going to give you like 30 seconds to answer it. Over your left shoulder, I already know the answer to this. So I want our, our I want our listeners to to hear about this. And for those of you just listening on the audio, I will tell you over Jeff's left shoulder, I see four wedding photos. And I know the story behind those and so many others in there. But Jeff, really quick, talk about performing and refereeing the wedding for so many of your former students. Oh, it's, it's, it is uh, eternal blessing. You know, you know, we talk about in education, how sometimes, you know, uh, compared to our corporate colleagues, we don't always get the, you know, the, um, 
either the financial uh, gifts or um, advantages, so to so to speak. But we get a lot of these e uh, eternal gifts, you know. The um, and so one of my the gifts that just keeps on giving is the fact that I, you know, a lot of my graduates are now at the age that they're getting married, and so I do anywhere from four to eight a year officiate former student weddings. And I have this wedding wall, the wall right behind me is my grandkids. And then the wall that, uh, that you've seen before, if I turn my camera, it would be, a have run out of space. Uh, I don't even have them all up there, but, um, so about once every quarter or two, you know, and I only, those are the only weddings that I perform because, um, I, because it's a gift to be part of, their their life uh you know i was the one that gave them their high school diploma so now i get to officiate their wedding and sign their wedding license and um it's just such an it's such an honor and um and a thrill and so some of them are scheduled almost a year in advance sometimes and so uh it to be able to sit down with the two couples i mean with the two uh, the bride and the groom uh, and, and talk about, you know, their future together in preparation. And um, it's just and, and sometimes both the bride and groom are for I've married where both the bride and groom were former students. They actually met in high school. Um, sometimes it's interesting because some of their stories talk about how they didn't really date in high school. And then they, and then they maybe met when they went off to college or they came back home and, you know, reconnected. And um, so, to be part of that and to continue to be part of that is um, I, sometimes I just have to say, Darren, who gets to do this? Um, yeah. the, okay, okay. One more thing. And you, I, you can edit this if you want, but one of the greatest days of my life, I turned 55 on when I turned 55 at noon, I, oh, I oversaw graduates. I did the, uh, we, our graduates at Reed Arena on Texas A&M University. I graduated over 500 graduates at noon. Okay. I, the, the whole class sang me happy birthday, you know, on the floor, there's over 10,000 people there. Okay. I get in the car and at five o'clock I perform a wedding with two, both were former graduates, uh, you know, of eight years prior. So I turn 55, I get to oversee a graduation, get in the car and marry two of my former graduates all in the same day. Who gets to do that? Who gets to do that? Indeed, man. That's, that's amazing stuff. All right. Hey, uh, again, we, I mean, Jeff and I could talk forever folks. Maybe we'll have him back on the podcast here, not too far down the road and we'll pick up where we left off with this conversation. Thank you so much, my friend, for being on the leaning into leadership podcast. Just dude, I love you for everything you're doing. Just keep doing the work you're doing. Blessed to be here, Darren. Just so blessed. And now it's time for a pep talk. Earlier this week, I released a blog post and I talked about four things that I was thinking about that leaders could do to support their teachers now. The list honestly is exhaustive. I just, I just chose four. Easily, you could have 10 times that number. But the one that seemed to resonate the most with people was having your teacher's backs. I said it at the beginning of the episode, I'll say it again. Our teachers are kind of downtrodden. They're exhausted. They're a little bit demoralized right now. 
So knowing that their school leader has their back, knowing that their district leaders have their back is probably one of the most important things we can do for them. Yes, we're going to see a big turnover in the teacher ranks. Some of it's going to be related to how much to get paid. Some of it's going to be related to maybe just a desire for something different. But a lot of it has to do with the culture and the climate of your school, of your district, and of your community. And the more you can do to continue to support and lift up the people around you, the more likely they are to stay. When we build those communities around our teachers and we lift them up and we hold them in high regard, that's when they truly feel valued. And that's the work that really matters. So this week, find one thing you can do to have your teachers back. Maybe it's a conversation with a difficult parent. Maybe it's just standing up for them with your legislative body. Maybe it's just going and sitting down and listening to them. I mean, really listening, folks. I'm not talking about listen to put together your response. I mean, listen to hear them, listen to understand them, and listen to empathize with them. That's what they really need right now. They need someone to fill their cup and someone to fill their heart. Leaders, you've got this. Without question, I know you can do it. I'm so proud of all educators out there, the work you do, the profession that we are a part of, meaningful, impactful, and it's important. And I thank you for what you do. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Leading into Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Darren Pepperd. I appreciate you. Get out there and have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.